Hey, my beautiful soul tribe. Thank you so much for tuning in to my very first video episode of Break Bread with BB. Ordinarily, you guys would be listening to my voice through a screen as opposed to seeing my face. But tonight's episode is holds a topic that I actually wasn't intending to cover. This one kind of just popped up based off of some situations that took place last week, actually. And I was questioning a couple of things, but then I was led to a message that talked about being persecuted. And it was a message delivered by Sarah Jakes Roberts, and it came right on time. And so I felt like this message honestly was more relatable than um, some of the pre-recorded episodes that were going to be released. And so this one, I felt like in order for you guys to actually get the message, I wanted you to be able to look into my eyes, especially for those of you that have never met me and you have no idea who I am. This may be your first time even listening this evening, but I wanted you to see the intent behind the message through my face as opposed to listening to it through my voice. And, um, before I get into it, I just want to let you guys know that I had a whole script written out initially with bullet points and I was like, I'm going to stick to all of these, you know, talking points. And then I started thinking about scripted life. And when I say that, I mean that we've all lived our life by a set of rules, right? Whether it was from our parents, you know, you have rules of your house, you have rules at school, you have the law, you know, all these different sets of rules that you always have to abide by. And the one thing that you actually don't have to write a script for is the life that you live. And I've always been a little bit of a rebel. I've never liked to be condensed inside of a box. You know, the quickest way for me to rebel is for you to tell me what I can't do because then I want to prove you wrong. And so, I thought with that being said, if we walk through life scripted, how authentic would that really have been? Yes, my bullet points were important, but I really kind of just wanted to speak from the heart because what I've experienced over the, over my life, you know, time, and then in addition to some of the adversity that I faced last week is not scripted. You know, no part of that was scripted. And so how, how much more authentic could I possibly have been than to just speak to you guys literally from my heart and just talk to you candidly. So like I said, the, the episode is titled The Crossroads of Persecution. Now, last week, before I even go back into anything else, last week I was working and I, um, it was, a <laughs> And I was in a position where my car ended up having, I had some car issues and I'll, I'm going to give you guys that story in, in a little bit, but throughout the, the, the face of that stuff going on, when I got home later that evening, I ended up stumbling upon, and when I say stumble upon, it literally was by happenstance, this message that talked about if you're anointed and you know you have a purpose and you know the devil feels threatened and the enemy wants you know to take over and keep you from fulfilling whatever your purpose is that with that comes the persecution and it was such a crazy thing because i felt that message so intensely that it literally caused me to say okay all those episodes that i have left that are pre-recorded I'm actually going to throw them out of the window because I'm going to change the direction of where I want to go because I want you guys to actually be able to relate to me in real time. And even though those episodes were authentic and they were genuine and they were real and they served maybe a purpose, they weren't the purpose. And so from now on, I'm going to be speaking to you guys, whether it's in an audio format or a video format, you're going to be getting real time episodes and that's just as real and genuine as I could possibly be at this point and I wanted to just kind of disclose that to you moving forward so that you actually understand that when I'm speaking to you guys now we're going to literally be going through this completely together so going back to the very beginning as I said for those of you that maybe may be listening for the first time or watching for the first time 
If you haven't listened to my podcast or subscribed, it's called Break Bread with BB. You can catch it on any of your, you know, top podcasting apps, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. It's on, um, there's a couple others that I had never really heard of before. Overcast, I think is kind of popular in some other countries, but I've seen some people subscribe through there as well. So if you have that on your phone already, it's there. But um, I... If I want you to go back and listen to the beginnings of the episodes, you know, the first few at least, because it'll kind of give you the backstory because I'm not going to go into too much detail behind those things, but I will touch on them briefly to give you some of the views and examples of the persecution that I have faced. And it will maybe turn on the light bulb for you into seeing and recognizing your persecution and how it was meant to kind of deter you from actually keeping your eye working towards your purpose in life. Um, so going back to the beginning, after I listened to this message and it was very powerful, but I realized that persecution for me literally started <laughs> the minute that I exited the womb and Without going into too much detail, because I've done this already before, I was basically born lifeless and um, my mother at the same time collapsed and needed to be resuscitated as well. So there's basically a double death on the table. Well, obviously there was a res resurrection that took place because we both came out of that. And I like to say unscathed because although you might've been a little smoky, we weren't burnt. So, excuse me just a moment. But, um, so I, my life was, you know, <laughs> started out less than amazing. However, it was definitely necessary for me to be where I am today. And, um, I, with that, you know, I, I've talked about my childhood sexual abuse, you know, from my stepfather. I've talked about the betrayal that, you know, I was faced behind with my mother when she decided she wanted to take him back. I talked about, you know, the physical abuse that I suffered also at the hands of him, you know, as well. But then in turn, when you fast forward, I talk about some of the crazy decisions that I made in life, you know, regarding anything that I was doing. And it was really because I was kind of like walking blind. And I don't want to take away from the way that I was raised on any capacity because I was raised at the best capacity in which my mother knew how to do so. And people can only love you and, and guide you at their capacity, not at anything different. And when you recognize that, you are a little bit more forgiving of the shortcomings that they face and you are able to exercise some compassion and recognize that at the end of the day, we're all just imperfect people trying to do the best that we can. So. I didn't necessarily have a guiding light per se. I, it was more of a, you're going to do what I say. And, um, this is, there was really no, no logic that was kind of given, you know, to explain why I was going to be living my life the way that it was being lived. And that led me, you know, kind of when I left home, eventually walking down a path where I did some very st stupid things, you know, and, I'm very open about my life because I believe that you can't really help somebody else if you're not willing to admit your truth. And I, you know, I went down a party girl phase of a road and I binge drink and I stupidly got behind the wheel and made crazy decisions where not only did I put my own life in jeopardy, but the other, the life of others that were on the road. And so I always say that, you know, by the grace of God, I walk through life completely unscathed because there are quite a few times where I actually shouldn't even be sitting here giving this testimony right now. Not to mention, as I mentioned in you know a couple of episodes prior to now, that I contemplated suicide. Now, what I want you to recognize is the message behind this is that you know we're at a crossroads of persecution. But what happens when you reach the crossroads when you recognize and acknowledge that yes, I'm facing adversity, but I'm being persecuted. But why? And then you start questioning those things. So. I recognize that the enemy only persecutes somebody that he sees and views as a threat. And you're only a threat to the enemy when you're divinely led and you've accepted 
what your true walk in life actually should be. Even though you may not see it yet, I think you always subconsciously kind of know that there's a higher calling for you, no matter what that profession may be, no matter what that extracurricular activity may be, whether you're meant to be a mentor or a coach or a teacher or a, a motivational speaker, somebody, somewhere, we all have a purpose and a higher calling to be great and for the collective good of all of humanity. And it wasn't until I went back and I did some soul searching and figuring out where all of the persecution kind of started and then where it led me based on my choices in life and how I got to be where I am today that I kind of laughed the devil in the face. And I, you know, have gotten to a point in my life now where it's almost like I double dog dare you because every time you throw a pitch at me, I promise you I'm coming out swinging and I'm, I'm, I'm swinging for the home run. So I want you guys to look at some of the things as we go through this episode in your own life and figure out, well, where is it that I could have done things a little bit differently, but how now based on those things, what were they trying to teach me? and recognizing that really you were just being persecuted because the enemy is trying to stop you from your greatness. And again, I say I was persecuted, you know, in the womb. He tried to stop life before it was even really actually breathed into me. But, you know, the God, the God, God had something else in store for him. He had something else in store for him. He had something else in store for me. He has something else in store for you. So I, you know, I talk about being abandoned as, you know, in, a, in my childhood by my dad. And I used to go walk through life very bitter and angry at him specifically because, because I was sexually abused by my stepdad. I used to blame my father for that because I felt like if he would have just been the man that he was supposed to have been and stepped up and owned his responsibilities, all of that part of my life could have been avoided. But what I didn't recognize was the silver lining in that. My destiny was intended for my dad to walk away. It was intended for me to experience the sexual abuse. It was intended for me to face betrayal and adversity from friends and from my mother and from eventually my, my ex-husband. And all of that was necessary for me to be able to sit here in front of you guys today so that maybe I could potentially reach out to somebody else that needs to hear a message and understand that they're not walking that path alone and that there are other people that are walking similar paths in life, but that at the end of it all, there is light, there is, there is beauty, there's beauty in all pain. And um, I, I, it took me a long time to kind of get to a place of peace and comfort and acknowledging that my dad not being an integral part of my life was actually a blessing in disguise. And so as I walk through, you know, certain things that happen, I am so thankful and I want everybody to get to that same place because we're meant to live life abundantly and peacefully and, and not in mediocrity and not, you know, in, in depression and, you know, persecution, you guys, it comes through the enemy will attack your mind first because if he can attack your mind, the body will follow. And everything here literally is the driving force behind everything that you do, every decision that you make, every emotion that you feel, every every relationship encounter that you may have with anybody. And if this isn't okay, if he can attack this, he feels like as though he is one. So the only way that you can fight back is to take control over your mind. And in order to take control of your mind, you actually have to do the work and you have to want to do the work. And I, I walked through life a long time playing the victim, but I never actually verbally vocalized to anybody that I was playing a victim. I always put on this smile and this, um, wave of confidence and on the inside I really was just kind of broken and I was doing what we all do you know to some degree at some point which is fake it till you make it but in, in essence if you're faking it you'll never really make it so I you know I went down a path like I said I spiraled out of control when I was in my early 20s I binge drink I was in a relationship that I was just comfortable in there really was no real love there if I'm honest about it 
I, you know, at the end of the day, each one of these things that I've kind of, you know, tapered into have all taught me something. And I'm sure the same is true for everybody else, but I was going down a path where I was going nowhere and fast. And just like when our kids, when you're trying to teach them a lesson and we have, you know, repercussions behind the things that they do and we tell them we want to walk this this path of life and we, you know, we're giving them all the advice because we don't want them to repeat the same mistakes that we've made. But if they rebel and they don't listen, at some point you have to allow your child to hit rock bottom, right? Because once they hit rock bottom, the only way for them to go at that point is back up to the top. And I used to denounce God because I was so angry. You know, I, I say in another episode before that, you know, I was like, what kind of God would ever allow a child to be, you know, violated in such a crazy manner like that to where it literally strips away your innocence. You look at the world completely different when you've been violated in a way like that. And especially by somebody that you really trusted. And I, I walked through life very angry for a long time. There, To me, you couldn't have even sold me I say you couldn't have sold me on God. I guess I never really truly not believed, but I definitely was pissed off enough to where I didn't acknowledge him. And so with that came a life full of strife and a life full of complications and a life full of inner turmoil and you know pain projection and hostility. And it led me into a relationship ultimately that I never had any business being in because I just had to learn life the hard way. I had to learn the lessons the hard way. And so basically when I denounced God and I said, oh, you don't exist, what kind of God would let you do that or do this? And I'm questioning his, who who, who are we as, as God's children to question his judgment? He is judge, jury, executioner. Who are we to question him? It's just like when you you were younger and you questioned your your mom or dad and you got popped on your butt or you were grounded and sent to your room and when your child questions you, you buck back, right? So why is it that we believe as our beings that we have a right to question why God makes any decision that he makes? Our only role is just to follow the direction because at the end of the day, if you listen and you follow it, he's going to lead you into salvation. He will lead you into a life of abundance and greatness. He will put you on the path that you're meant to be on. And because I was rebelling against God, because I was denouncing him publicly at that, um, because I was so angry and so bitter, but the weird thing is I was like a walking contradiction because while I was doing all of that, at the same time, I was like, oh my God, God, please. I would pray. That's the crazy thing. I would pray for God to save me from things all the while. I'm not even giving him the acknowledgement and praise that he actually deserved. So guess what? You know what he decided? He said, okay, girl, you want to pray for these crazy things that are not meant to be a part of your life? Guess what? I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them to you. But guess what? the outcome is not going to be what you think it's going to be. So every time I prayed for something, I can tell you, it kind of showed itself to me. It kind of came. It did come. It came maybe in a different form of what I was looking for, but the and the prayer was always answered. And you want to fast forward through. I talk about I was on this party girl path, you know, in my early, well, I shouldn't say early. Yes, I partied in my early 20s, but really, I didn't go on a binge drinking spiral and kind of what I like to say balling out of control until, you know, maybe 26 to 27. It was full, basically a full year. And um, when I say I binge drink, I, I want to kind of drive into you guys. I want to paint a picture because I've come a long way. And I drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you know, from, you know, 5 p.m. or, you know, depending on what my work schedule is like, sometimes, you know, at 11 at night until maybe four or five o'clock in the morning, I'd pass out sometimes, not know how the heck I even got home, which is crazy. And talk about divinely protected. God has always covered me in my entire life because I have put myself in some impossible, crazy positions that most people wouldn't live to talk about. And I came out not only with more wisdom, but more courage. And now the ultimate respect for the man that actually gave me life. 
and I was on this crazy torrential downpour that, you know, at one point led me to contemplating suicide. There's that persecution where the enemy now is stepping in because he says, oh, no, 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 no. I want to take over her life. I want to take over her mind because she's got some things that I don't want to see her take care of. I don't want her to prosper. I want her to fail because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? If he can get inside you, what he wants is to take your soul. And if he can get your mind and he can take your heart, then eventually he can take your soul. And he'll he'll present, you know, the, the enemy will persecute you by bringing somebody into your life that looks like it's, it's coming from God. And you have to actually have the the capability of exercising good discernment to recognize a roadblock from God and, you know, a falsified version of what the enemy is bringing into your life that you think might be from God. And I can tell you for a long time in my life, I never actually could differentiate between the two. And it's weird because I feel so spiritually on an intense level. My, my gut instinct is very, when I followed it, it's actually never been wrong, but I've spent a lot of my years, just like I'm sure some of you have, not following the gut instinct. And because I didn't do that, it led me down roads that I had no business traveling. And before I get too far ahead of myself, I have to go back because one of those moments where the enemy tried to persecute me was when he tried to stop me from living. And he was gonna do that at the hands of me. I was weak-minded, I was, you know, insecure and I won't even, there's still, I was carrying a lot of baggage from my past and I hadn't healed from the things that had happened to me because I hadn't talked about them because I was raised to just shut up and not say anything to anybody. And I spent a lot of time hiding emotions. I was not very accessible. I was very surface level with people where they thought they knew who I was. But in essence, I painted a picture and a version of me, but at the core, they had no clue who they were actually speaking with or who they were dealing with. And I just, I, I was, I, I went down a crazy road. And again, I always call my daughter my saving grace. And she, I know that I say that to her a lot. You're my saving grace. Mommy loves you. And she has no clue. She's 12. She's super intelligent. Let me, let me not diminish her intellect on any level, but she truly has no fathomable idea what I mean when I say that, because she doesn't ultimately know the entire story. Now I've been starting to unveil some things to her because as she gets older and I, under, I recognize that her level of intelligence is actually a little far, you know, above the average 12 year old and she's giving me advice that sounds like it's coming from a grown woman and she's articulating and processing things. I'm like, okay, so now maybe I can give her a little bit more details of my life and what I've experienced so that I can help her avoid making some of the same mistakes that I made and giving her that open you know, line of communication so that she doesn't fall. But if she does, she knows that she has a true support system there that has her back. And I went on this, you know, year long binge and I know what medical professionals will tell you guys. And I know they say it's impossible and I, there are going to be some naysayers. And I can tell you right now, you can keep your naysaying negativity to yourself because what I'm about to say is just a fact. And there are other people that can, you know, validate the statements I'm about to give you. So. I personally drank my entire pregnancy. I shouldn't say my entire pregnancy, but three, 80% of my pregnancy actually, because I didn't know I was pregnant. And um, I ended up going to the emergency room one evening thinking that I had appendicitis. And lo and behold, after, you know, a urine sample comes back, it shows that actually I'm not pregnant. Mind you, I'm pregnant. I didn't actually get the blood test results back because they ended up doing an ultrasound and the ultrasound discovered the baby, my daughter, my beautiful, beautiful daughter. But to say that I was seven and a half months pregnant when I discovered that I was pregnant, thinking I have appendicitis in the emergency room is mind-blowing in and of itself and 
Prior to that, I had never really heard of any stories like that actually being told. And shortly after I delivered my daughter, I stumbled upon a show called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant on TLC. Used to, I don't know if that show still runs today, but it was, I felt some comfort in, in, in that show when I discovered it because it made me feel like I wasn't alone. And um, a lot of people will say, well, how is it possible that you didn't know you were pregnant? Well, it's possible that I didn't know I was pregnant. I was literally flat bellied. I was an athlete. I was super active. I had a period up until literally that same month I discovered my baby in December of 2008. And um, I had a period that month. And I don't care what science tells you. I don't care what a medical professional will tell you. I know what happened with my body. And so does the doctor at the emergency room. And so do the people that were there with me. So call it a miracle if you will. I think it's miraculous because that moment my entire life changed and she saved me. She saved me. I immediately was a mom, you know, and I loved her the, before she even came out, but I was super concerned that because I had gone on these torrential down spirals of binge drinking and partying and I smoked cigarettes and I drank coffee every day and I ate raw fish, I ate sushi like, I don't know, three, three, three or four days a week. And everything that you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant, I did. But by the grace of God, my child, after all of the testing was done, they tested for fetal alcohol syndrome, they tested for some other things that would have been genetic that have nothing to do with whether I was drinking or not drinking or partying or not partying. but. Ultimately, at the end of the day, without going too much into any more detail and all of that, that's really meant to paint a picture that finding out I was pregnant saved my life. It saved my life because I can tell you that odds are that had I not have been pregnant, I probably would have ended up somewhere in a ditch because I was drinking astronomically crazy. So or I could have ended up in jail maybe because I got behind the wheel and maybe I would have killed somebody else. So my daughter saved my life, but inadvertently it was God that saved me by placing that child in the womb. He knew exactly what he was doing when he put me in that position to become a mother because I take that role very seriously. It's not something I take lightly and it's gonna be, if I don't do anything else in this world, great, it'll be that. And she saved me so but the irony is is that i had all i was riddled with so much fear at the same time because here i have a month and a half left and i haven't prepared for a child to come into this world i don't even know to be quite honest that the guy that i was dating i and i use that term loosely again remember we all have a story but the father of, of my child is, I have no clue who, where he is or what he's doing with his life. And so um, I had to get my shit together really quickly. And I know that, you know, they say, oh, well, you're, you're godly and you shouldn't swear, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. I utilize these terms for emphasis purposes and I actually use them for effect because sometimes you have to speak the harsh truth to people for them to get the message. And I see in previous episodes also that you have to take accountability for the actions that you've, that you've made and you can't be a victim. And I'll walk through my life for a period of time being a victim. Why did, the, why did God do this to me? Why did my dad do this to me? Why did my mom do this to me? Why did a why, a why, a why, a why, a why? All I asked was why, 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 why? And instead of trying to discover the meaning behind it or the lesson and the message that I could take from all of it, I self-loathed. And I, once I had my daughter, that mentality kind of changed. However, I still remained a work in progress as I am today. We will all always be a work in progress, but I still for a very short period of time, I shouldn't say short period of time, for an extended period of time because I didn't actually lose sight of God or myself again until my daughter was three. And I stayed, you know, I, I met somebody and um, I eventually married them. You know, and remember when I said that persecution kind of prevent, presents itself, the, the devil will present persecution towards you in so many different ways. And it looks sometimes like you, like I said, fear, anxiety, depression, and uh, suicidal thoughts, and um, 
also pre presents itself in the form of adultery, whether you're the adulterer or you've been, you know, the one that, you know, was cheated on. And I ultimately ended up in a relationship out of, I will say this, in the very beginning, it appeared perfect. It appeared like it was a, a package delivered from God. It did. It really, truly did. And however, the accountability portion where I have to take responsibility and what happens ultimately down the road is that there were red flags that presented itself. And against my better judgment, I ignored those red flags. And so before I go any further, I want to say to you, if you have a good gut instinct or intuition or whatever you want to call it, discernment, and you are in a relationship with somebody and you start to see red flags, by all means, I'm not saying at the, you know, that people aren't, you know, going to make mistakes and aren't going to do things that actually they may change their behavior behind. But you know, at your core, if somebody is who they say they are, you do. And you have to be honest with yourself and be willing to admit that and to take ownership of the part that you played and some of the outfall, the downfall that maybe kind of happened or the fallout, I should say, not the downfall, but the downfall and the fallout. But you have to take responsibility in some of the situations that you put yourself in. As a child, you don't have control, but as an adult, you're in full blown control over the decisions that you make. Unless somebody is holding you at gunpoint, there's no excuse. There's just no excuse. And I ultimately ignored the red flags. And I focused on, at the time, I had a mother that was dying, you know, she and she didn't die quickly. She suffered for years. But I had a mother that was dying. I was going through some things, you know, personally as well. I'm still battling a lot of the inner demons that I had to face from my childhood. And I carried that over and instantly I kind of allowed this person to pull the wool over my eyes. When in essence, I was, I, I, oh, I knew that I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been in, but I stayed. And then when my mom died, I really latched on. So, and it was just at that point, I, I, I want to go back and say that trying to think about how to put this without it sounding so callous because it's really not callous it's really just my 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 truth i recognized years later and when i say years later i'm talking 2018 2019 2020 2021 um that what i convinced myself was love um honestly was just really obsession and desperation and while I, I definitely had love for him, I, I was not in a position in my life at that point. Remember when I said we only do things at our capacity, I wasn't able to exercise good discernment. And so when, when a person is cussing you and screaming you out of your name and you don't walk away in that moment, then can you really be mad at the rest of the things that kind of unfold before you? I mean, you can be mad, but you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because ultimately you chose it and you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Now, when I say that, there are some other things that transpire that I will never take responsibility for because I am only responsible for my actions. I'm never responsible for somebody else's actions. You guys, no matter what happens to you in your life or happens for you in your life, you're only responsible for you. You're not responsible for somebody else's actions. So going back though, I there were some things that presented themselves in the very beginning that I kind of overlooked that I should have kind of said, okay, wait, yeah, that's happening, but let me just, at least let me go back into an observation mode because I'm always, I'm a people watcher and I lost sight of that. And so because I was so broken on the inside, I, I allowed things that, you know, the average normal person would have never allowed. And um, it ultimately ended in a 
ended up being a verbally abusive, emotionally abusive. And if I said, please go back and listen to earlier episodes, but because I'm not going to go into grave detail, but ultimately it ended in a physical altercation that left me with seven stitches in my mouth and a permanent lump that I can feel as my lips move today. And I actually, even though all of those things were thrown at me and the enemy was utilizing this person to persecute me, I'm thankful for all of it. And I actually am, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that those things transpired because it literally taught me everything. It taught me everything. And I, um, I don't harbor any resentment towards anybody. Like I said, I forgave my mom. I forgave my dad. If I can forgive the man that violated me as a child, because that's the worst, the worst offense that anybody can commit towards you is to sexually violate you. To me, that's the worst act of offense that anybody could ever do to you. You can take, you know what? Somebody can can beat you, your, your, your husband, your wife can, you know, punch you in the throat or whatever the case, or somebody can break your leg or, you know, your friends can, you know, sleep with your, your boyfriend or, but at the end of the day, if I can forgive somebody that violated me at a young age in such a disgusting manner and actually say, I thank him because all that did was make me come out of the fire stronger. It made me more hungry as I learned to channel the things that was going on in my life. I can forgive somebody that cheated, you know, for 75% of our relationship and somebody that, you know, maybe crossed the lines from a physical standpoint. I'm not going into detail. You can go back and listen if you need to, but I will not take responsibility for somebody else losing or having lack of self-control. But what I will say is that I thank him because he taught me exactly everything that I needed to know about life. And he didn't even realize that. And at the end of the day, the enemy was using him to persecute me. But at the same time, God was using him to teach me. And so I can never regret that, that I can never regret it. And at the end of the day, I still pray for him. I still have love for him, for sure. I care about his well-being. I don't ever want anything bad to happen to him. But I feel that way about everybody that's wronged me. I, I pray for my my the, the man that violated me. I, even though my mom is no longer living and my father are no longer living, I literally pray for their peace as well. I talk to them both every single day and I don't harbor any resentment towards anybody. I am very grateful for all of the things that I have gone through so that I could actually be sitting here in front of you guys and ultimately reaching out and, and holding my hand and just waiting for somebody else to grab it and say, can you help me? Can you help me? achieve peace the way that you have. And the reason that I feel that way inside is that I have always felt this strong pull um, for the, the greater human cause, like the greater collective good. Like I, at, at a very young age, I always felt this calling that I should be doing something big, but I didn't know what that something big was. And to be quite honest, as I sit here and I record with you guys today, I still don't know what that something is, but I can tell you that I was woke up out of my sleep one night with a message that said, break bread with BB. And I didn't know what the heck that meant. I didn't know what the hell that meant, but you know what I did? I got up and immediately, I'm on a on such a spiritual journey now that I don't question anything. So if I wake up out of my sleep or I can't go to sleep or if I'm out and I see something or somebody says something to me and it hits a, it strikes a chord, I'm literally looking at that for what kind of message is that trying to send me? What is God trying to show me in that moment? And that's what happened with this podcast. So I still don't know what I'm, what my purpose is. I just know that I'm not questioning God's plan. I have a goal. I'm going to do everything in my power to walk towards my goal, but I have no plan. And I always say I don't have a plan because plans change and our plans for our life 
are not necessarily God's plans. And the moments you actually have that revelation, you just start walking towards your goal. He will put the plans in place for you. He will put the people in position to do for you what he has planned for you so that you can fulfill your goal. And I just had to get out of my own way. And I, I walked through life with control issues, with anger and resentment and bitterness. And I, I wanted, I, you couldn't tell me anything about my life. I was going to control everything. And trying to control everything ultimately ended me in situations that I could have avoided if I would have just sat down somewhere and been still and listened. And um, I kind of want to fast forward to how this, this episode specifically became a thing because I felt called to, to do this video because I wanted you guys to understand that there is nothing in life that can be thrown at you that you can't overcome. There's so much more in life to dwelling in the woes of life. They're, they're always going to be there. There's always going to be some sort of adversity that you're faced with. And so if you choose to live in the adversity and wallow in it and roll around and get all dirty like a pig in the mud, then you're keeping yourself dirty. Don't you want to be clean? Let God cleanse you. So do something with that. If you're depressed, please, by all means, go see a licensed professional. I can't help you with depression. I can't help you. You know, I can help you with some anxiety issues because I have some exercises and things that we would, you know, work through together. I can help you definitely with mindset coaching. That is my niche. However, I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a medical professional. So I cannot prescribe you medication if you need it. And I can't diagnose you. So, um, if you please don't be too proud if you are suffering in in some sort of fashion in that in that magnitude please seek out some sort of help but i want you guys to understand that there is nothing in life that you're facing that is too big that you can't overcome it that you will actually allow to take over you mentally where the enemy can come in and literally take your soul and allow you to live a life of sin and debauchery and keep you from living a life of abundance and prosperity like it's absolutely asinine to me and i don't know why anybody would choose that lifestyle but to each their own i am here to just really help those that want to be helped and i'm starting with myself i started with myself i should say you can't help anybody else if you don't help yourself first you that you always hear the phrase you can't pour from an empty cup and that's i believe that wholeheartedly so um I want to go into the latest thing that kind of tried to throw me off and it shook me a little bit only momentarily though it lasted less than less than 15 minutes y'all and that's 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 amazing that's incredible but I last week like I said I was out and I was doing one of my side gigs and I had gotten out of the car, you know, I left and did my thing. I came back to get in the car. I tried to start the car. Well, guess what? The car doesn't start. Well, immediately, it's 97 degrees outside. We're in Texas. It is hot as Hades here. The heat index, I don't know what that day. It was just, I felt like it was hellaciously hot. And I was, I, in, in, in a, for a split second, I went into the why mode. I regressed back into that mindset of almost like a victim mentality. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. So I started praying. And um, then it just dawned on me. I have, you know, people that I can lean on, you know, and one person specifically that I know that literally would ride or die for me. And I called them and immediately they were there, you know, but in the midst of all of that, before they got there, you know, I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And I I was in this apartment complex and I was in a less than desirable part of town, um, somewhere I definitely don't frequent, for sure. And I was nervous and I was scared, but the enemy, that's the fear is the enemy. And I um, was sitting in my car. I always carry, as a single woman, I always carry a weapon with me, um, a couple weapons, I should say, but I still felt that I was, I still felt fear stricken and, um, I got out of the car, you know, I locked all my doors, but I didn't take my gun because again, I'm saying I'm not in a good area. 
However, what I didn't want to have happen was that for whatever reason, for some godforsaken reason, I'm standing outside in this area and a police officer happens to pull up and I'm carrying a gun and they just happen to question. I just didn't want the confrontation. I'm non-confrontational. And if I can avoid a situation unnecessarily, then by all means, why not? So I grabbed my switchblade out of my purse and then I carried my little butt around to the front of this apartment complex so that my ride when they got there would be able to recognize me. And, um, but as I was walking around, I you know, was observing my surroundings because again, I'm, I'm scared for my safety at this point. And um, as I'm standing outside and I'm waiting, I, I recognize that, you know, I'm gonna use a political term here, but a street walker was walking by and dressed scantily clad, to put it politely. And, um, but then also there were vagrants, you know, kind of roaming around as well. And then in addition to, I'm kind of just watching and, you know, some of the, the, the character of some of these people, I don't know them personally, but they don't look like they may have carried some of the same morals that I carry. So I was a little concerned. Well, as I'm standing there, this car pulls up and it's a white Cadillac and I, guys, I'm going to pause for just a moment. Just a moment. Give me just a moment. I'll be right back. Forgive me, guys. Um, I had to go handle something really quickly. I have five dogs and they were out of control in the living room. But um, as I was saying, I this gentleman pulls up and I was scared, to be quite honest. I didn't know. I immediately placed my hand in my back pocket to grab and hold on to my knife because I don't know who this man is and what his intentions are or what he wants for that matter. But um, he rolls his window down and he has this big, I can now say it was a big, beautiful smile. And the moment I didn't feel that way and it was just because I was so fear stricken and that was nothing but the enemy. But he had a big, beautiful smile and he rolled down the window and he said, I got you. And I said, mind you, I'm going to be very candid and honest. I said, I had a very nasty attitude because I wanted him to go away and not talk to me. And um, he, I said, what do you mean by that? I don't even know what that means. Or he said it more than once. He said, I got you. I got you. And I said, what does that even mean? And he goes, I got you. And then he drove, no, he said, don't worry, I got you. And then he drove off. And I thought it was the strangest thing. I was actually creeped out by it in the moment. And um, so once, you know, fast forward, once, you know, help gets there and then roadside assistance is there and then I get home later that evening, as you remember, I mentioned that I stumbled upon this message and um, I'm listening to the sermon and we're talking about, she's giving these examples of, you know, being first faced with opposition and persecution and how it presents itself in many different forms. And I was like, holy freaking cow. Like this entire time, I missed the entire message from my temporary setback that later earlier on that evening and remember when I say there's always beauty that comes from pain and it's not that that was a painful situation but it was more so that it was literally meant to teach me something because I'm a busybody and I again I was reverting back to old Brandy where I wanted to be in control and so this particular day actually earlier that morning I was never intending to actually go out and do this specific, it's one of my jobs and I was never intending to do it that day specifically and I I did anyways and end result was what happened and um, I recognized that there was a message that was being spoken to me in that moment and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks and then I immediately burst into tears of joy because if you're still and you are ready to receive the word, it will present itself. God will show himself to you. And 
I thought back and I was like, oh my gosh, you know how they say that, you know, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. If you walk in within Christ that, and you hold true to your faith, there's really no way that you can fail. But it's a, it's a win-win situation. You're going to learn some lessons along the way, but if you just remain faithful, you'll, you'll get what you're, you'll actually get more than what you're looking for. And I recognized that while I was standing there trying to, while the enemy was trying to attack my mind, my mind and, and had me so just riddled inside with fear. I can't even express the amount of fear that I had. God literally praised, placed a, a, a human in the flesh, literally right in front of me to remind me, to reassure me that he has my back, that I'm covered, that at the end of the day, I've always been covered. I've been covered my entire life, no matter what I've gone through. You guys, you have been covered your entire life, no matter what you've gone through. Guess what? You didn't get that job that you were hoping for. It wasn't meant for you to get the job that you were looking for because that's not where you were supposed to be. That job's not going to lead you to your purpose. And if you didn't, if your marriage didn't work out or the relationship didn't work out, it didn't work out because it wasn't meant to be the end goal for you. That wasn't a part, whatever that relationship was, was deterring you from your purpose. It was a distraction. And while you thought you were doing something good and you're praying for this person to be a part of your life, all God did was give you the, what you asked for, but then he taught you a lesson with it. So while I was not paying attention, I was so busy being consumed with fear, this man comes up and reassures me that I, I'm, he doesn't even know me. But he, he definitely pulled over and reassured me that I got you, but he wasn't speaking for himself. That was God speaking through him to me, his child. And he's saying, I've had you your entire life. I got you today too. If you'll just trust me, all of this that's happening right now, I promise is for a reason. And ultimately, all that situation really did, you guys, is actually make me be still. It sat me down, it put me back in motion, and it made me laser focus back into the one thing that I couldn't explain, which is why I was told to start a podcast. I, when I tell you that I have been fear, I had a fear of public speaking my entire life. There was a small period of time when I was younger where I was in theater and I was in dance and, and you know, I did talent shows and all of those things, but that quickly dissipated because I allowed stage fright to take over. And I was like, oh my God, like what in the heck people are staring? I want no part of this. Every time, you know, in my managerial positions at, you know, a couple different companies, I used to hate giving an office meeting. I used to hate giving any sort of, I used to hate doing any of that stuff because it made me sick on the inside because I was so fearful of, you know, making a mistake and not looking perfect and people judging me. And I was so consumed with what everybody else thought. And you know, the number one mistake we always make is we're so consumed with what everybody else thinks that we never for a second stop to say, well, what would God want for us? And that's the only person's approval that you should actually be seeking. You shouldn't care what anybody else thinks. You shouldn't care what it, to include your family. And let me just say, this is probably gonna be one of those things that I'm probably, I may get some pushback on or people might go, oh my God, I can't believe she said that. But I'm gonna tell you something right now. They tell you that you don't, you know, as a spiritual person or as, as a, a God-fearing man or woman, that you don't live your life to impress man. You live your life to please God. And he's a jealous God. And I, I honestly, when I sat back and I reflect on that word in and of itself, I really even think that you can apply that to your family, to include your mother and your father, if you're blessed enough to have a two-parent household, or let's just, it doesn't even have to be that. But I don't even think that you're placed on this earth. I don't think God gave you life to even please your mother and your father. Now, that's not to say that he wants you to walk through life disrespectful. Please don't take that and go run with that because that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying that if you're living your life to please man, and when I say man, Lord, don't let the, the, the please don't let political parties take that and run with it. But 
when you are living your life to please people in the flesh, let's say that, is that better? <laughs> um, when you're living your life to please people in the flesh, God becomes very jealous because if you're living to please others, you're not listening to what he wants you to do. And if you're not listening to what he wants you to do, he can't possibly lead you into a life of abundance. He can't possibly use you even to, I'm sorry, y'all, I have to fix this headband. It's really bothering me. Um, he can't possibly use you for the greater good, for the collective at all. If all you're focused on, and I live my life to please man, woman in every capacity. I really did. I was a doormat. I was a yes girl. I was a people pleaser. But not only that, I, I definitely, I cared about what everybody thought. And not one time did I ever say to myself, I wonder what God would want. I wonder how he feels. I wonder what he thinks. Never crossed my mind. It didn't. Let's just be honest because I was mad at him anyway. So who cared what he thought? That's, that's just me being honest. And it wasn't until I really sat myself down and I did some soul searching and I recognized that every time I've actually put God at the forefront of my life, things seem to work out. And the moment that I think that I can control the situation, and here's the thing, we as, as Christians, because we're humans and we're flawed, it's, it's natural for us to please God temporarily. And then we feel like, okay, things are going good. And then we're like, we ride that wave and then we lose sight of how we got there. And so we end up doing things over here because we want to control the situation. And so now you have to be humbled again, right? So now he slows you down and sits you down and he takes everything, everything that you thought you were working with over here, he takes from you. He takes from you because you lost sight and then you denounced him again. You may not have just said, I don't, you may not have said, I don't believe in him, but you stopped seeking his approval. You stopped seeking his guidance. And so guess what happens? He sits you down so he can humble yourself real quickly so he can let you know who's in control. And so one thing I can tell you guys right now is that never again in life, I don't care who you are, whether you're a friend, if you're family, if you're Joe Schmo on the outside looking in with your little opinions. Um, I live my life to please no man. I live my life now only to please God because I can tell you right now, I'd be a fool not to recognize when I've been saved. And I've been saved on more than one occasion. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'll go out kicking and screaming totally against anybody that tries to pull me away from him. And I'm very vocal about that with anybody that I cross paths with. If it's, it's I'm not gonna cover myself up, you know, and I'm not going to minimize my faith because it makes somebody else uncomfortable. And I do not want any of you guys to do the same thing. If, you, if you're a believer, because we live in a world today, especially with social media, that you're almost scared to say you believe in anything because you got you to gotta watch what you say. Everything has to be so PC these days. You gotta, it's, now you got to be careful. You can't say man and, or people are offended. Why is it just man? You can't say woman or people are offended because why should you just say woman? And, and, or it, there's just all these things that you have to tiptoe around. At the end of the day, what did God create? He created man and woman. So the only people you're trying to please while you're walking around being PC is man in the flesh. That's it. So please stop watering down who you are and being inauthentic. Walk in your truth. Own it. Like I said, I'm not going to say what I normally say because I don't want God to say anything to me later and tell you because he will check me real quick. He checks me all the time and I just, you know what? I'm here for the checking. I'm here for it. So I'm going to, before I continue to get on a tangent, you guys, I want to just kind of say, that ultimately I used to question everything. You know, I questioned why, why God would bring even non-believers into my life. I was married to a person that didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in God. And I, I firmly believe that God doesn't put you with somebody. He wasn't even, it would be one thing if he was a non-believer of Christ himself. I get, and I shouldn't even, I'm going to, I'm going to tread lightly with this too, because it kind of goes against some of my principles, but it's one thing to be a non-believer 
It's another thing to be a non-believer and you're not spiritual because you cannot denounce divinity on any level. I mean, you. when I hear people say karma, how is it possible that you can actually utilize, oh, I believe in karma, but you don't believe in God? Have you seen karma? What is karma? Other than the definition that man gave it, what is it? How can you believe in karma and not believe? That sounds so crazy. So it blows my mind when I hear people, I challenge, not challenge, but I really, I, I sit back and I listen to people when they say they don't believe in certain things because oftentimes they'll contradict themselves when they say things like, well, karma, I believe in karma. Well, let me tell you something. I hate to break it to you. I'm going to be the bearer of bad news to you. You can't possibly believe in karma if you don't believe in God. It's a complete contradiction. And, but I believe that I used to ask, well, why would God put a non-believer in my life? Like, what in the world? You know what? But now it's almost like I get this high, you know, like when somebody says, oh, I don't believe in God. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just moving around. this. I'm so animated. Usually you guys don't see this. You hear it. But um, <laughs> I, I almost like, it's almost like it gets me high when somebody says they don't believe because... I'll never try to convince somebody to believe in what I believe in. That's not my that's not my job. My job is not to convince anybody of anything. I, my 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 job is simply to walk the path that I was given and to do it with grace and to do it with dignity and integrity and morals. Like that's that's my only role. I I don't have to do I don't have to convert anybody else. However, I'm going to contradict myself just a little bit because I almost, I, I find it like, um, I used to get so angry when somebody would say they didn't believe and then I had to think about it. I'm like, no, you have to extend grace because if you rock with me long enough, you're going to watch God work in my life that at some point you're not going to have a choice but to believe. And that gives me joy. That gives me joy. And I'm going to go ahead and digress because I could talk to y'all all night. I can't even believe I'm sitting here right now. I'm on such a high. I feel so good and peaceful inside. And I just love y'all so much that I really want to like, I want to help the collective. And again, you know, me starting this journey alone, just the podcasting portion of this journey and my spiritual journey, I, I know isn't about me. And ultimately I'm not doing it for me anyways. I'm doing it for y'all. So whether you hit the like button, whether you don't hit the like button, whether you secretly hate or, or whatever the case may be, I love you anyway. And the one thing I want to tell y'all is that when you start to go through any sort of spiritual development or redevelopment or rededication or you start to kind of transition and transcend the way that you think, the adversity is going to come at you full force. So be ready for it. Brace yourself for the impact, but then take it in stride. And just know that the only reason you're being attacked is because there's something bigger on the inside of you that they want, they, they don't want to see unfold. And when I say they, I mean the enemy. The last thing he wants is for an army full of God's people to stand up and hold hands together because guess what? That means he literally loses all power and control. And he is here to just look at the world that we live in today. Look at the world we live in today. That speaks volumes. So hold steadfast in whatever it is that you believe in. And anytime that you're getting hit with something, just know that you're being hit because there's something good. There's, there's the greatness inside of you. You're not being attacked if you're easy. You're not. So actually welcome it. Challenge it. Dare it. Because I tell you right now, I look, I'm looking the devil in the face. I don't know who the devil is. I'm looking at the air. I'm looking at the wall. I'm looking at the car. I'm looking at the man over there. I'm looking at everybody. And I say, I dare you. I dare you because you're not bigger than me and you're not bigger than my God. So, okay, y'all, before I go, I have to tell y'all. So remember, I've been talking about, I've been publishing or working on my self-help personal development journal. It's called Love Letters to Myself. It is my baby. And I'm so incredibly proud of it. I finally, I had some technological issues. I was 
you know, there was some publishing, you know, formatting issues that were going on behind the scenes and we just could not get it figured out. And finally, you know, the enemy was trying to do that, told me everything. And you know why I keep, I kept pushing through it. Number one, I was super passionate about it. But at the same time, the enemy was trying to take it. He was trying to take it. He was trying to stop it any way, shape, form he could. And that told me that I was on the right path and I was doing something right. So I definitely pushed hard for this and it's finally finished. It is now under review um, with Amazon right now. And so once it goes through the approval process and it gets finished, I'll actually have, I'll order a copy or a few copies, I should say. And then I would love, 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 love. I'll let you guys know as soon as it's live. And please, let's do the work together. Let's do the work together. This isn't about money. I, I, I don't live my life for money because greed is a sin. And I'm living my life for purpose. And I want to do, I want to do great in the world. I want to do good for the world. And y'all this journal i promise you if you are willing to actually address some of your inner demons and address some of the things that you maybe have suppressed i can promise you that whatever it is that you actually want out of life that you haven't gotten yet it's coming it's totally coming and it's coming when you decide that you're ready for it but until then i got you Peace and love, my beautiful souls.